Book of 1 Timothy tonight, 1 Timothy chapter number 4, 1 Timothy chapter number 4, and we've been in the book of 1 Timothy for some time now, and we're going to look at once again 1 Timothy chapter uh, number 4, and we're going to continue in this our series, A Charge to Keep, and I want to remind you of uh, what a privilege we have in our faith, uh, the faith, the gospel, and the Apostle Paul, uh, who... Uh, got the faith from Jesus, passed it on to Timothy, and charged him to be committed to keeping it. And then it has been passed down from generation to generation. And we have a responsibility to keep the faith, as Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, uh, but also to keep it and propagate it and preserve it and pass it on to someone else. And tonight's Bible study is going to go right along with that uh, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 4. Uh, let me first of all take you back to chapter number 1 and verse number 18. And Paul writes to Timothy, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Paul writes in another passage how uh, we are soldiers, how we need to put on the armor of God. It is a spiritual battle, and we need to be reminded of that. So he charges, he commit unto this charge I commit unto thee. What charge is that? Now look at verse number 11. Uh, according to the glorious, of uh, chapter 1, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed, blessed God, which was committed to my trust. The apostle Paul took that responsibility seriously. The gospel has been committed to, to, he says, to me. And of course, if you're saved tonight, I trust that you know that you're saved tonight. Uh, it's a wonderful gospel. It's a saving gospel. It's the only gospel uh, that saves. And that's been committed to us. I remind you what the Lord said before he ascended into heaven. Go, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost, and tell them of a resurrected Savior. Uh, we have a gospel that is a saving gospel uh, that has been committed to us, and that is what we should do is to tell others about this gospel. He says, which was committed to my trust. There is the basis of this series and the basis uh, of 1 Timothy chapter number 1, Paul is teaching him some things that he needs to be committed to, teaching him part of what the importance of the faith. So I want to use that, remind us of that, as our, as our foundation tonight as we look at verse number 11 of chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll read verse 11 down to verse number 13. Uh, These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now, as he writes this and picks up in verse number 11, he has already given Timothy a lot of instruction. And through this series, we've taken a lot of Wednesday nights and looked at different aspects of the faith and having the faith committed to us. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't done hit everything that's in there, but enough for us to get the context of when Paul comes to verse number 12, 11, he says, these things command and teach. And I want to focus on that this evening. We'll look at our entire uh, text down to verse 13 this evening, but I want to teach on this tonight. A charge to teach. Our series is a charge to keep. Tonight, I want to focus in on a charge to teach. 
Now, I want to look at the aspect of teaching and the aspect of our responsibility and what Paul was telling Timothy when it comes to the gospel and teaching and passing those things on. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight. I pray the Spirit of God uh, will be our helper this evening. May we learn some things that will help us. May we be reminded of the wonderful gospel that we have, uh, the glorious gospel of Christ, uh, how it changed us, how it uh, changed our eternity from hell to heaven. And Father, I pray uh, that we would be quick to share uh, that gospel and how wonderful it is. I pray if there's one here uh, who's never trusted Christ as their Savior, may tonight be their day of salvation. And Father, I pray uh, that we'll realize the importance of keeping it uh, so that, that that next generation can have uh, what we have had in the aspect of teaching this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I remind you what I've already read and reminded you once tonight of is the fact that Paul has committed some things to Timothy. Uh, Paul uh, was a faithful man. After Paul uh, trusted Christ, after Paul received Christ, Paul spent all of his days, and we've spent that, we, we've studied that in other studies and other series on Wednesday night. He spent all of his days uh, pursuing, uh, reaching people with the gospel, preaching the gospel. He faced much tribulation because he did that, but he was still faithful. And Timothy, we know, was reached by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, uh, if you want to use the word mentor, would be a mentor to him, would be a father figure to him, would be his, he referred to him as his son in the faith. And he's giving some things to Timothy to remember because their time is coming when Paul is not going to be there. One thing that has been true since the days of, of uh, Paul, and it's still true today, that there is, the previous generation, there is a time when it will not be here. Uh, I can think of as a, as a child, uh, men of God that I had the privilege to listen to preach, uh, they are on the other side, they're in glory tonight. Uh, that's, that's just the way it works. Uh, nobody is going to beat that until that trumpet sounds and God calls us all home. So he is concerned about Timothy who is coming behind him. He is concerned, and may I remind all of us, we should not just be concerned with what we have. We should be concerned with keeping it so that we can give it to those coming behind us. Every parent, whether your child is in that nursery, uh, whether they're sitting in, in, the, in the pews with you, the chairs with you tonight, you ought to be concerned that they have, are taught the faith, that they have it preserved for them. And uh, many of you, you've been here long enough. Uh, you grew up in, in, this, in this church. And so you are, as an adult, you are reaping the benefits of a, of, of a faith that was passed to you. And now you have a responsibility to pass that on to someone else. Uh, he, it was committed to him. Therefore, it was important to him to make sure that Timothy understood uh, all that went with it. All that he needed to be aware of when it came to keeping the faith. Uh, can I say this? Keeping the faith is a lot easier than it's, is a lot harder than it sounds. It's easier to say than do. Uh, the faith has a target by the enemy. And if you're going to keep the faith, the enemy is going to target you. If you're going to propagate the faith, the enemy is going to target you. And Paul faced great persecutions because of the faith. Well, Paul must have had a horrible personality. No, Paul just kept the, kept the faith, and therefore the enemy was after him. Uh, all, you have to be, all you have to do is keep the faith, and our enemy, the devil, will be after us. Uh, so, but it's important that we keep it, and then we pass it on and say, well, Pastor, I don't have any great gifts. Maybe you say that to see, but I don't have any great talents. I don't have, a great, I don't have anything that's so, you know, and you, we always compare, and the Bible tells us not to compare. I just, what can I do? You hold to the faith and give it to somebody else. You instruct somebody else. 
Uh, if, you, if you're a grandparent, it'll be your desire in your daily prayer that your grandchildren receive the faith. And they, and they understand the importance of that. A big part of that is what we do with our responsibility. And I want to use verse number 11, these things command and teach. And I want to say, first of all, number one, to keep the charge, one must teach the charge. Uh, if this thing is going to continue on, somebody's got to teach it. I'm glad that I have the faith as described in the Scripture. I'm glad that I have a Bible that I can look into and I know it's the Word of God. And I, and I can say, well, Pastor, how do you know what to believe? Well, believe what the Bible tells you to believe. Amen. Believe the Word of God. Well, I know some religious teacher. Well, if the religious teacher teaches different than the Bible, the teacher is wrong. Well, the church I grew up in, they said that, you know, basically what they believe is, is, is above the Bible. Well, they're wrong. It's the Word of God. That's what we get. Um, um, it's amazing to me the way people treat the Word of God. You know you, you, you know, you go to the doctor and he says, you know, he's got, well, this medical journal says this, medical journal says this, this medical journal. Well, I just don't know that I interpret it that way. Could you imagine doing that in the, in the, in the doctor's probably thinking, we'll go die. Let me know how that works out. But only to, to a pastor, only to a preacher, only to a man of God do we treat them that way. Well, I just don't interpret it that way. Now, I'm not going to say that I've ever, ever thought, we'll just go and die. But I'm not going to say I've never thought, just no. Um, we should have a little more compassion uh, than that. But you get the point I'm making. Uh, the Word of God is our authority. The Word of God is what we, we get what we believe. Um, there's a lot of people who know what the faith is. There's a lot of people who know. But what are they doing with it? Uh, one of the sad things that's taking place in our nation, there's a lot of people have known the founding of our nation and how our nation was founded. A lot of people know uh, how the government was set to work. They know the, the scriptural principles it was founded on. They know the sacrifice, but it died with that generation. Uh, I'd be curious to know the percentage of young people in their teens and their 20s and maybe in their 30s who've never even heard the words a, a, a republic uh, because they've never been taught. Um, they know more about the athlete. They know more about the latest Hollywood, whatever you want to call them, than they do some of our founding fathers. Um, what happened? We can fuss at them. That they can tell you more about, and I don't even know who the latest, you know, rock stars are. Blue Farber, who, who uh, uh, I don't, I, I, no, the Beatles were a long time ago. Blue Farber, that's it's, it's not it's not them. Um, uh, it's sad when in our nation, a young person can tell you more about celebrities than they can about those who sacrificed everything so that we could have the nation we have. We can fuss at them, but they're just repeating what they've been taught. And it died with a generation. Uh, and that's one reason why in our school, history is an emphasis. And they're not going to be, be taught, you know, a false history. 
Uh, it, 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 we, we, we have to have that. Now, let's make it an application spiritually. Um, we can complain and fuss about what's taken place in our nation over the last generation, but can we really get upset at those who've never been taught? Um, now, what is sad is when Christian young people can tell you more about what's going on in the world than they can tell you about the Bible. What's sadder than that is when adults who sat in churches for a long time, um, we like to point the finger somewhere else, but the, the point I'm trying to make is we have the faith. We are right because what we believe comes right from that book. We're right. And there's a lot of times we get sanctimonious as like, uh, we have the right beliefs and we know they're right and this and that. Who are you teaching who are you passing that on to? Because I think if you take the context of what Paul teaches in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, you're not keeping the faith unless a part of you keeping it is passing it on to somebody else. Part of you keeping it is teaching it to somebody else. I say, I'm glad, and maybe you're thinking, well, I'm glad you're, you're preaching to the Sunday school teachers tonight. Oh, I'm, I, I am to them. But you know, you can sit across from your dinner table and teach your child uh, part of this process is too is having your child, having your family where the Bible is being taught uh, so that they can get it taught not just by in our home, but it taught uh, at, the, at the church house as well. Um, that's, why it's, that's why Christian education is so important because not just they're taught how to read and write, but that's important too, uh, but they're taught history, they're taught all those things, but they're also taught the Bible from a Christian perspective. So to keep the charge, one must teach the charge. Faith must be taught. Now, let me say this to every, every, everybody in here, every adult, every young adult, old adults, middle-aged adults, whatever category you put yourself in, teenagers, somebody's looking up to you. You're an example to somebody else. We must set the right kind of example. I'm going to talk about that more in, in a moment but that faith must be taught. Okay, let's use some logic. Is it, are you, are you all awake enough to use some logic tonight? It, in order for the faith to be taught, it must be believed. You must believe it to teach it. You can't believe it unless you learn it. This is deep tonight. This is deep. This is going to hurt your. This is going to hurt your head going through this logical process. Which means if you don't ever read this book on your own, you're going to have a hard time learning what you believe. You know this as 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 as, as people who attend this church regularly. You're here on a Wednesday night tonight. You're, 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 you hear the Bible taught on Wednesday night. It's taught in your Sunday school lesson on Sunday morning. It's, it's, it's preached in church on Sunday, on Sunday morning. It's preached in church on Sunday night. The Word of God is preeminent and it is taught. You are given tools to learn the Bible, to learn the faith. But you've got to read on your own too. You've got to know it. You've got to know it in order to teach it. You must have a command of it to properly teach. Now, I'm not saying you have to be an expert on, 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 this, on this book cover to cover because no man is. You'll never master the Bible, but the Holy Spirit is our instructor. The Holy Spirit is our helper. We can retain. 
I thank God that my whole life has been inside the church house. I thank God for that. I think I couldn't even begin to number the, the, the number of messages that I've heard preached in my lifetime. I couldn't even begin to number it. I couldn't even begin to number the times that I've heard Bible lessons taught. But there are things in my life now at 47 years of age that the Holy Spirit just brings it to mind because it's, because it's been put in me. It's been put in me. And the more we put it in us, the more we're able to teach. So I'm going to be very practical tonight. So we have a charge to teach. If we're going to teach another generation about the faith, to keep the charge, one must teach the truth. I want everybody to understand this tonight. If you, if, you, if you teach Sunday school, that's the way you're teaching the faith. You're not just teaching a lesson about David and Goliath. You're teaching the faith. Uh, every, every parent, you're rearing your children. Yes, you, you, want, you want to rear them to say, yes, sir, no, sir. You want to, we want to rear our young men to be men and to be boys. And, you know, so if, if they get a bloody nose once in a while, that's okay. That's what boys do. If they, if, they, if they bring frogs home in their pocket from school, that's okay. It'll be all right. We want to rear our young men to be men. We want to rear our young ladies to be ladies. Uh, that's, that's an emphasis. But teach them the Word of God. Teach them the faith. We as Christians, we are, especially in our churches, we have every week we have, we have new people, we have visitors, we have some coming in who, who, who've never been, even been in a church before or it's been a long, long time. Somebody needs to say, I want to be their, their friend and befriend them. And part of being a friend of them is teaching them the right things about the Word of God. This world is messed up in a lot of ways. But when it comes to the faith, there's, there's so many different beliefs out there. We know there's one that is right. So that's number one. Number two, credibility to teach comes not from human understanding. I know that as I'm making that point about everybody needs to teach, some may be saying, well, I just, you know, I, I don't have the qualifications or, or I don't have, well, Pastor, that's nice of you to say, you, you went to Bible college, you studied the Bible. Okay, well, let me say number two, credibility to teach comes not from human understanding. Look at verse number 12. Uh, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Okay, stay with me. Timothy was a young, younger man. Paul was a seasoned veteran. There were a lot in between as far as age goes. Paul was giving instruction to Timothy, and Timothy was going to be put in a position of leadership over those that were older and more experienced than him. And so what Paul was saying to Timothy is, he says, don't you use your youth as an excuse, and don't you let anybody else use it either. Because credibility to teach, what is he telling you? Teach these things. Are you with me tonight? And he reminds him, it's almost like he knew what Timothy was saying. Well, I, I'm young. What, well, here's the, the credibility. Does it just come from human understanding? And we've got to be very careful at this. Well, I know what that preacher said. I know what the pastor said. He preached for the Bible. But this is what this educator said. Well, I know a lot of dumb people who have a lot of degrees. I mean, have we been paying attention to the smartest people in the world over the last year? Some of these same people, that they don't even know that it's just boys and girls. But they're educated. 
Well, I, I just, I, I, know, I know, Pastor, what you teach, but I, I, I read this book on child rearing and this, this psychology of this person, he's got all this. Theory. Well, if it's contrary to that book, all that learning isn't doing any good. It's doing harm. The credibility isn't just from human understanding. And there might be a child of God, there might be a Christian who say, well, I understand, Pastor, that you can be a leader and you can teach this, but I'm telling this tonight that I believe it's everybody's responsibility to teach somebody else this book, somebody else the faith. We have to keep it, we have to know it in order to teach it, but in, in order to do so, we have to understand credibility to teach it comes not from human understanding. There's more than knowledge necessary. Now, I'm going to flip the other side of that coin. There's a lot of people who know a lot about the book, but they're still not credible in their teaching. Is it because the, the truths they know are wrong? No, the truths are right. Look at verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. If you're going to teach others the faith, Timothy, you have to be an example. If, if you're going to teach... Sunday school, if you're going to be in a position of leadership in the church, you have to be an example. That is more important to me than how long you've been saved and how long, how long you've been doing this and that or how much you know. I can quote the entire Old Testament. That would be pretty impressive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have credibility when you teach. He's saying you need to be an example if you're going to teach the faith. That's why this is one pastor that on Sunday morning is going to be dressed similar to how I'm dressed right now. Well, where in the Bible does it say that you have to wear a suit to preach? Thank you for clarifying that for me. I mean, I was searching high and low to figure out what I was supposed to. If, if, if we'll dress up for a job interview... If, if we'll dress up for everything else, um, it's part of, as this pastor, I believe I'm supposed to set an example. Um, you know, that's why, if, you know, if you're going to be in ministry, if you're going to serve in leadership in the church, you should live at a higher level, not because you're better. But if you want people to take you seriously, then... And, and we got to get away from this mentality. We, you know, oh, this pastor man, he's he's right down here where we live. If you're honest, you don't take him serious. If he dresses like your 16 year old son, you don't take him seriously. When you're thinking, if you're honest, if you really thought, you 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 laughed. Why? Because you're supposed to be an example. That's why our young people, we want them to, and I'm probably going to preach on this, one of these coming Sunday nights coming up, is we need, to, we need to stop playing it safe when it comes to the life. We need to stop settling for a low standard of, of Christian living. That's a, that's a troubling trend among Christians. Uh, why? Because if, if, I'm going to, if I have the faith and I'm going to teach it, I've got to be credible. It's not all about, well, let's just go through the list here. Be that an example of the believers in word. In conversation, your manner of living, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Um, if you're going to teach others the faith, you need to live a clean life. 
when, when, when somebody wants to argue some things, whether or not it's right or wrong for a Christian to do, and it's on a list where lost people stay away from it, it tells me a lot of things. But it also tells me you're not willing, you're not willing to teach anybody. Um, we have a lot of second and third generation Christians blaming the church for their kids turning out horrible. Well, you're the one that didn't teach them. You're the one that didn't make sure they were in Sunday school. You're the one that, everybody okay tonight? You're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the one that every time the pastor preached something, you had to correct him. Um. I know it. He thinks he's above correction. Well, when I have the truth, I, you know, have fun with that. But we're to be an example. We're to live a clean life. Why did, when did it ever get wrong for Christians to live clean? Well, let me help you. It never got wrong. We don't live clean to be saved. You can't work and earn your salvation. There's going to be a lot of moral people who die and go to hell because they never knew Christ. But you can't earn it, but because I am saved, I ought to want to live clean. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt us to go back to Mayberry days. It wouldn't hurt us to go back when saying, well, they're a Christian. Everybody knew what that meant. There's certain things they do not do, so don't. And, and if you say these words, you apologize to them after you say it. And now we got Christians who talk just like them. And then something happens like, oh, man, I'm going to pray for you. That invitation is Lot coming to his family. God sent his angels to tell us that he's going to destroy the city. we got to get out of here. And they laughed at him. He had no credibility. No credibility. People may not like what the Bible teaches but if we will live as an example, it gives more credibility to what is being taught. You know, as a Christian, you can be nice. You don't have to be a, a jerk. Well, that's just my personality. Well, you probably you probably got multiple ones, so just whip the one of the other ones out <laughs> and 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 use that one today. Um Credibility comes not from human understanding. It's this more than head knowledge. If you just hang around this church long enough, you'll learn some Bible. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll make friends. You'll grow as a Christian. It'll, you'll help, but you'll learn some Bible. But the credibility comes in. Okay. You want to get on. To, how, can, how can you as a parent, this applies to you, how can you get on to your child for something that you're not doing? How can you correct their language when you're, they hear yours? Um, you know, this puts pressure on all of us, doesn't it? Uh, because we ought to be credible uh, whenever we're teaching the faith. Okay, I'm ready to move on to number three. Anybody else? All right. Faithfulness is required if we're going to teach the faith. Notice verse 13. He says, be an example. 
That's why some of you, you know, and some of you are teaching now, and, and you didn't think you could teach Sunday school. And when we get our space, we're, we're, you're going to be more Sunday school teachers. And some of you, Pastor, I don't think I can do it. Can you? Can you be an example? If you can be an example, you can teach. If you can be, that's important. Then he, then he says, faithfulness is required. Look at verse thirteen. Till I come, and then he gives some instruction. He's saying, Timothy, you be faithful. You continue in these things until I come. Now, Paul's not coming to visit us, but the Lord is coming back. Uh, it'll be our desire to be faithful. Can we just use some common sense tonight? I've learned, I don't know if you've learned this in the last couple of years. We need to rename common sense. Let's use some scarce sense tonight. Some uncommon sense. If you're, if you keep the faith, if you serve the Lord longer, you can help more people. You can teach more people. Mrs. Tripper caught my eye. It's because she was sleeping over there. But <laughs> no. how many years have you have you taught in our ministries? Close to 35 years. Okay, I'm going to make you think real hard. Has she taught more people because she's taught 35 years than if she had only taught one? Okay, yes. The, the longer she teaches, and she, we had a conversation the other day, she said she's got 35 more years in her. And so, and so just, to, just to pass that on, so some of the K-5 are scared now because she's, she's still going to be there when they, when they get there. But uh, don't miss this point. The longer you're doing something, the more, you, the, the, the more opportunities you have to make a difference. Now, she would testify to this after she had me. It all went downhill from there. But that's a whole other point. The longer you serve the Lord, it's the longer you have an opportunity to teach, be faithful. You don't know who you have an opportunity to influence. You have an opportunity to help. You have an opportunity to be an encouragement to. Those of you that do teach Sunday school, those of you that do, even in our, in our nursery program, you, you, you don't know who's going to be coming in there that you have an opportunity to influence. Well, they're going to have a lot of teachers, but God may use you to say something to make an impact that nobody else does. He'll use everybody in there, and God will use anybody he places in our life. But you get the point I'm making. So faithfulness is required. Many who know the, the faith, but they're not faithful. Faithful in these other areas of example, faithful so they can be a teacher, so they can teach somebody. It's the greatest thing in the world to impart truth to somebody else and, and, and impact them. And, and, and they know the truth that's given to them. And there is no greater subject than the Word of God. There is no greater subject than the faith. Our faith, and I've been writing on another project, and our faith is what is, in our doctrine, is what sustains us in spiritual warfare. Your talent's not going to sustain you when the enemy comes to visit you. It's your faith. It's the faith. It's the foundation of our doctrine. It's what keeps us strong. It is what helps us. And so faithfulness is required. 
in the longer, and I've always had an appreciation for this, and I'm thankful for this, but the longer I live, the greater my appreciation grows for just faithful people. Faithful people. I, was, I had the privilege of, of, of preaching last Thursday and Friday in, in, a, in, a, in a meeting in, in Kentucky, and there's a lot of preachers there that I, had, I didn't know them. I mean, I, many I met, for the, I mean, met them for the first time. But when you find out how long they've been serving the Lord, I tell you, it, it, it's a blessing to me. And as I, and I look around, and I say this often, it's a blessing to me to see the faithfulness. So many of you have been faithful for so many years. I don't want to say how many, because you'll think I'll be making old jokes, but for a long, long time, you've had a great, you've had an impact, uh, greater impact than if you had quit, greater impact than if you'd given up, because there's another opportunity. Then number four, and we're done. To teach the charge, you must prioritize your learning. Look, and again, this is very practical tonight. Look at verse 13 again. Till I come, give attendance to. He gives him some things to give time to, to give attention to. And in order to do that, he was going to have to prioritize his learning. Give attendance to reading. And it wasn't romance novels. It wasn't um, the Christian book of the month either. Um, it says give attendance to reading. Um, it was books from Berean Publications. That's, that's what it was. To exhortation. That's encouragement. Uh, to, it's encouragement, that's, that's teaching, to doctrine. Now, he is telling him there's some things that you need to prioritize your learning. Um, how many hours do we have in a day? 24. No matter how hard you try, you can't squeeze another one out. We have a set amount of time in a day. We have a set amount of time in a week. We have a set amount of time in, in a month, in a year. And if we're going to prioritize the things that God says to prioritize, we're going to have to prioritize some learning. You, you can't just get into the Bible on Sunday and Wednesday night and know the faith like you could know it if you're in the Bible every day. So you're going to have to prioritize. Well, Pastor, I just don't have time. You have the same amount of time in a day that everybody else has. You may have a fuller schedule, and that means you're going to have to prioritize. You may have to get up a few minutes earlier. I, I know what I'm saying. You may have to turn off the television. You may have to put down the phone. So I just don't have time to be at, be at church. I don't have time to read my Bible. There's a feature. If you've got a smartphone, there's a feature. And it tells you how much screen time that you have on your phone every day. Compare that to your spiritual time. I'm glad I got that chapter in today. Now, we, we all have to be reminded of this. Your pastor included. Because there's things that clamor for our time. There are some good things. And, I, and, I, and often I say our priority is what the Bible says as a church. We're supposed to 
preach the gospel. We're supposed to tell a lost world that Jesus died on the cross, paid for their sins, and if they'll just believe on Him and, and put their faith in Him, they can have forgiveness of their sins, have an eternal home in heaven. He'll be their personal Savior. That is the responsibility of the church. That's our message. Then we encourage one another. Uh, we, we pray for one another. We help pick each other up. We, we, we want to be there for one another as the church so it's strengthened and so it, it can grow and so we can be a help to one another. Isn't it a wonderful thing? to have a church family that when you have a need, they'll pray for you, that they'll, 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 they'll help you, they'll assist you. Oh, my heart aches for the average person in this world has nobody they can turn to, nobody they can depend on, and they have broken hearts, and they have nobody else they can get encouragement from. That's why the, the bars are full. That's why all of these vices and addictions are off of the charts because they really don't have a solution because the solution is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to have a church family you can count on and depend on. Why would we not want to give this to somebody else? It takes work to pass the faith from one person to another person. We're going to have to pray. So I need to grow. You know, my, num my number one responsibility as a pastor of this church is my relationship with God. You know, if this church is going to grow, I have to grow. I have to, pri I'm saying that to say I have to prioritize my learning. I have to prioritize what I, there's things that I have cut out, and I'm not trying to, I'm just telling you what I've done. There's things I've cut out of my schedule that are not sinful things. Actually very enjoyable, but I've had to, if I'm going to learn, if I'm going to, my ability to teach and to, to, to impart the faith, then I've got to prioritize my learning. If you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, you're going to have to carve out some time to actually study the lesson. If, if you're, and one reason why, and this will help your parents, one reason why is the same Sunday school lesson on Sunday morning in every class we have. The same Sunday school lesson I teach from this pulpit is the same Sunday school lesson that's in the, the, the four and five-year-olds and all the way up. In that way, mom and dad can discuss the Sunday school lesson with their children. Can ask them, what did you learn today in Sunday school? What did, what did you, well, what did you learn today in Sunday school? I learned that if I sat real still, I would get a prize. That's what I, that's what I learned. That's okay. You'll be surprised what they pick up, though. The point I'm making is, is if, if, you're, if we're going to really teach the faith, we're going to have to prioritize our learning. There's only so much that we can accomplish. There's only so much we can do. What is it that's the most important to us? And Paul tells Timothy, till I come, be faithful, till I come, give attendance to these things. You know, one of the, the reasons why I believe God has blessed our church is for all of these years, we've always had a focus on those that come behind us. And in this in this meet, this meeting this past Tuesday with with this this financial institution and and, and keep praying that I, I don't know that, that meeting could have gone any better but um, I guess if he had written me a check right there it could have but um, that was unlikely but you know I was reminded again we were reminded again of the commitments reminded again of the of the offering and it's a sacrifice for those that are coming.
I, found, I find it interesting as we had, dis, we had discussed some numbers and we had discussed kind of some strategy move, <clears throat> moving forward uh, with those in this meeting. Uh, and and, and they they know churches. They just lend to churches. And 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 the man that was there as a representative is a is a is a saved man. <clears throat> is a member of a church in Georgia, a, a Baptist church. And he said, one thing that you have to see, you have to really work at it. You're going to have to because we're talking about the the Christian school. We're talking about the daycare. We're talking about these facilities that we need and all these things. You're going to have to that that older generation. You're going to have to find a way to get them to buy into the daycare, the Christian school. And I said, okay, so when we've done that, what's next? Because that's done. And it's not because I've done anything, it's because our generation has bought into there's another generation coming. Uh, and we've got to always remember there are those coming behind us. And I want them to have, don't you want, them, don't you want kids and grand, grandkids and to such to have the new facilities and and have the space and have all those things and the the mission center to to train missionaries and send all that won't that won't that be won't that be wonderful? Well, that's more what's more important than that is that they have this. We know that as long as we have this, we can meet in the tent. I don't want to go back to it, no. <laughs> we know, and it's funny too, because he's, and we came in here and we looked at the size and said, we're going to rip these out and we're going to, he said, now when you, when you run out, I said, yeah, we'll, we're going to run out of space even when we do that. He says, now, have you ever considered, a, have you ever thought about a, a second service? <laughs> and I said, we never did, in this place, I said, we never did a second service. We've never done a second service. He says, well, that says we did three. Um, he's like, really? I said, yeah, and I don't want to go back to that either. But we, ha we know that as long as we have this, I mean, how, how strong is our church tonight? It's strong. You know why? Because when circumstances around us changed, the faith never changed. It was never, oh, no, what are we going to do to try and build our crowd? Oh, no, what are we going to do to try? No, it's just we're, we're sticking with the faith, sticking with the faith, and we'll keep teaching that next generation. We'll keep teaching that next generation. We'll keep teaching... We've got to be an example so that we can do it. We've got to be an example so that we can teach it. A charge to teach. I want you to think about this as we close tonight. Who are you teaching and who can you teach? There's different aspects of teaching. Now, if everybody comes to me tonight and says, I want a Sunday school class, I'll have nobody to teach on Sunday. It's not just, it's, it's part, that's part of it. But you know, you can... Somebody new come to the church, your own children. If you do have a Sunday school class, you run a bus route. You can help somebody you work with. You can, there's lots of different, it's a conversation. Um, there's a lot of ways, a lot of ways that we can do that, but we have to make sure that we keep it. Um, there's a lot of good church, and this is, and this is, and this is, I'll tie this in with one of these Sunday night messages. This is very troubling because you can see there's good churches, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches, but you know they're just a few years away from not existing anymore because everybody's one generation. 
it's that older generation. And people want to put, say, well, there's something wrong. We, we've got to change these, these old times. No, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. Somewhere along the line, there, was, there wasn't a teaching. And it's got to be, it's got to be taught. Um, we have some older folks in our church. Um, many of them are more active than some of the younger folks, but we have older folks. We have a lot of kids, a lot of opportunities. Let's find somebody that we can teach, somebody that we can help impart truth to. That way it goes on. The greatest joy I have <clears throat> as, I, as I get older is see <clears throat> the, the, the thought and the hope, and that's why <clears throat> I am. Pray for me because I am writing as much as I can write and trying to get as much truth out as I can because I want something left behind when the Lord's done with me. And I want to enjoy what we are enjoying. I want to enjoy the buildings that are going to be built and the blessings and the, being able to help other people. Um, but, you know, the day comes, if the Lord tarries is coming, I'm going to look down from the portals of glory and see it continue to go on. My goal is to leave God's church in a good place, it can go on for generations to come. And so that comes with teaching. That comes with, as a pastor, if he's trying to be popular, it's going to be done in a generation. Because the truth's not popular. But we can teach the faith, the importance of the faith. Don't underestimate your example. Father, help us tonight.